0: have been waiting for this coffee shop conversation for years. That's because it's been a few years since Rachel Taylor Brown has given us a new album. This one's called Run Tiny Human. Hi there, I'm Tom Bantoni, and we're in World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason. Rachel is not a singer-songwriter, although she gets lumped in with them. She makes art songs, hoping saying that is not the kiss of death because her songs are the breath of life. Nobody writes songs like she does. They're impossible to describe. There's one at the end of this conversation. Just listen to her. Welcome, Rachel Taylor-Brown.
1: Are we talking? Yes, we're for talking. Real?
0: We're talking for real. We were talking for real before.
1: You were not. But you before, weren't recording.
0: Before, it. I mean, it wasn't turned on. Oh. We were talking for a But, we were but conversing. You were just now, you were talking about what you do when you go to a restaurant.
1: Yeah. I, I find a booth. If I can find a booth, am I close enough? Yeah. If I find a booth, I get the booth because I love a booth. I love a good booth. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I'll go to the corner of it and kind of. But I'll take the side that's not like, see, like how I'm facing now uh-huh. away from the window. Oh, yes. You're so backlit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not having to stare into the light or the glare, Uh and then I kind of smoosh myself into the corner of the booth with the light behind me, like a nocturnal vole. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Or a vampire. A vampire. Yes. Yes, Yes, a vampire. Are you a vampire? I don't like blood. I'm a vampire that. Jeez. That. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'm going to say I'm a vampire who would suck something else.
0: But, that is... <laughs> but you didn't say that.
2: No, <laughs> we didn't. We, did, we didn't. We
0: didn't hear you say that. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't expecting you to hand me the album uh, when you did, but here it is.
1: Well, I thought you know I I don't know if that's a burden or not anymore with CDs when you bring them and give them to people. Some people really want one, like having a hard copy yeah. of things anymore, but I know you have the files, so you could listen to it, but I thought, I don't know. If you don't want it, just give it back to no, me. No, I want it. Okay. I want it. You don't have to. I, I know that. A lot of people don't now. It changes every time I put an album out. It's like some, for example, journalists or things want want a hard copy, some, uh-huh. some want just mp3s or waves, some want just streaming. But it changes every single time. I'm making fewer and fewer CDs now. When yeah. When I put yeah, anything out.
0: Yeah. So have you been interviewed about this album already?
1: I was interviewed for the first time. Well, I've done a couple print, email kind of interview All things. think right, Those are bogus. They're fun. Some of them. Yeah. One of them I had to do like a list, a list of things. You know, just random shit I like, and that was kind <laughs> of interesting and fun. Uh huh. Um, but. Actually, talking to someone that first time last Friday, I guess. Wow! So,
0: how was
2: that?
1: Uh, uh, it's nerve. It was good. It was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable person to talk to. Uh-huh. But it was over the phone. You're always a little sweaty about something happening with the phone connection. And yeah, um, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not sweaty, or you're well, not well, on the I'm phone. I'm sweaty. I'm Italian,
0: <laughs> but not not about phone connections. <laughs>
1: I'm sweaty. I'm Italian. I I'm
0: Italian. I sweat, I cry. Okay.
1: Yeah. But talking in person is always easier. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be able to look at someone. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it went
0: well. We did one of these things in a booth in a really weird little restaurant downtown. Mummies. Mummies. Yes. Is it still there?
1: Yes, and it still smells as bad. (laughs) I think that building is getting taken down, though. Like so many buildings in Portland. But mummies, I think, is still there. I actually saw, I think Willamette Week or the Mercury did an article that featured mummies, among other places, Uh as like hidden gems. And I almost (laughs) sent it to you because I thought, oh my gosh, Tom will laugh laugh his ass off at mummies being a hidden gem. Did we eat there? We had hummus. Uh, Not not me. That was a pretty, I did. It was a pretty safe bet.
0: I don't eat hummus.
1: Is it a religious belief?
0: No, I don't like its name. I don't <laughs> eat things whose name I don't like.
1: Hummus. What it's else? Like
0: a, um. Uh, um. What's the name? Uh, zucchini. What's the other name for zucchini?
1: Zucchini's zucchini. is
0: okay. What, what, what's what's the other name for zucchini?
1: Oh, patty patty pan? No. Uh... I can't remember now. Gourd? No. Uh, no, it's not a gourd. I don't
0: uh, know. Anyway. Squash. Squash. Yes, I don't eat squash.
1: Because, it's, because it's they a, call it squash. Because it's
0: squash. But if someone... Squash. It's squashed.
1: But it's if someone squ- serves it to you and call it zucchini. of zucchini. And you call it
0: zucchini. It would be okay because it's Italian. But squash, forget about it. Wow. No, thank you.
1: You're an interesting man. <laughs>
0: Wow! Oh, and, and, do you like uh,
1: eggplant? That to me was be worthy no, of not eating. No, that's, that's a horrible
0: name. Yeah, it, and it's a
1: horrible vegetable.
0: Uh, um, yes. It's, In addition. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can't eat. I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand the appeal of eggplant, and I don't understand the appeal. You know, because it's slimy, and yeah. I don't understand the appeal of clam clams and and
0: oh, clams. oysters and clams. It's like eating. Pencil erasers, right? Yeah,
1: sautéed and oysters butter and,
0: are disgusting.
1: And it seems like the thing that people like is the is the butter, right? Yeah, you're not really chewing it; you're just supposed to swallow I, them. I, I or did, is that
0: oysters. I, I did a TV story on a guy who broke the world's record for eating raw oysters. Ugh! And he would he had them all set up in beer mugs, and one after another, he'd just pick it up and go
2: glug 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 Bow! glug 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 glug. glug, glug.
0: And over and over. It was like, it was about 90 seconds, and I let the whole thing play. And I had this beautiful, willowy girlfriend at the time, very classy, much too classy for me. And, and, and I said, honey, I have a story on tonight I'd like you to see. Right? And, and she said, okay. So we sat down, and the story came on. And there's all these this long ninety second shot of him glug glug glugging oysters from beer mugs, and she couldn't look, she couldn't watch, and I knew it was not meant to be.
1: Because of the why? Because she couldn't watch it. You you why did what? She couldn't watch the guy, and that was guzzle oyster raw oysters, and that was important to you. Well, yes. Why? <laughs>
0: It Hi. was my story. I oh, because it, it was your it was story. My story. Right. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, okay. And I it, missed that part. It, it had never been nothing. It had never been on TV like nothing like that had ever been God, on. God, what does that
1: do to your digestive system?
0: I don't know. But I, I used to do. I had a series, a long series of of eating stories like that, eating, eating contests like that's guy, not eating. The guy, yeah, it is. Well, it is, of course it is. I don't know what that is. Like there was a, a guy who tried to break the world's record every year for eating raw eggs. Go. And he would eat. He would do them out of a beer mug, you know. Put him, and he would throw up every year.
1: Oh, yeah. The wasting food stories kind of bother me. Now you know, I mean, you think about somebody coming up, please, sir, may I have a, may I have a crumb of bread? Seeing that, no, story. I gotta break
0: the world's record <laughs> for eating raw eggs.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they could spare some of those raw I've eggs. got to get in the
0: Guinness Book.
1: Yes, perhaps.
0: <laughs> no, it's the Guinness Book for me.
1: <laughs> they ignore the poor, the poor. Get wife. on
0: food stamps or something.
1: The matchstick child. Is That's right. Ignored. <laughs> Can't even spare a raw egg for uh, them.
0: I, I want you to put me on TV. Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> oh. Well.
0: Danny, I'm not sorry I missed that story. Danny Killer Marsh was the name of the guy every year.
1: Don't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. No. He's a
0: Facebook friend. No. Yes. Oh. And then And then he would add people to the contest as the years would go on. And, and, but he would throw up every year. That's nice. And then finally, a man mountain won the contest, going away. What? <laughs> He, the, the, he just he broke the world's record. This other guy, this man mountain.
1: He was a giant man of egg. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe is that what created the mountain? Is...
0: I don't think so. I think it was probably all the beer and the, and, the, so that and was everything your, else he ate.
1: That was the that was it for your friend. That was the end. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tragical tale.
0: Yeah. Well. Well. Um, <laughs> 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 why is this called Run Tiny Human
1: uh, I liked the name I'm trying to remember actually why you know we always have, you always have kind of a little list of names uh-huh. for things I liked the flow of it mm-hmm. um, who's the uh, tiny human well everyone okay I mean, humanity. Yes. All humanity.
0: And we're all running, away.
1: Uh, I think we're running from a lot of things. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. It fit because. Yeah, I'm writing a lot in the on the album about God. I should think about this stuff before I. Why? No, it's better off the top to of your head. Talk to because I just don't think. No, it's better off the top of your head. I have no quippy short. Explanation. It's a podcast. It doesn't have to be quick or short. Oh good. I'll just talk for the just next Just talk. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Drone on. Yeah. As on and on and on. Way. That's fine. Um, yeah, I just felt like I, I think people are faced with and let's say Americans, mm-hmm. though it's global too. But I think Americans in particular right now are faced with a lot of uh, a lot of stresses of a new sort. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting to me to watch how typical coping mechanisms that people have are kind of going on steroids now to use a cliche. Oh, yeah. People are sort of the things that have kept them propped up in the past are um, just getting Crazier. People are getting crazier in how they're they coping with what's happening in America, I think.
0: Yes. Yes. How are you coping? Oh. <laughs> well, you get to get it all out in your. In your you not, not get it all out, but you, you, there, there are things on this album here that, uh, that uh, I have never heard you express in quite that way. Like what? Like when you get really loud.
1: Oh, you mean singing wise? Yeah. Well I sing loud. You've heard me sing loud. Not like this. What are you talking about? Little little gyre?
0: Little gyre, absolutely. And and um, um what was the other one? Anyway, especially Little Gyre. Well I'm which kinda... I had to look up. Oh, there's several things I had to look up on this album, in, in, including including um, MC1R. Oh, well, that, yeah I, yeah. I had to look that up. What is it? So for the people in our audience, <laughs> to save them from running to Google, what is a gyre?
1: <laughs> Which is so exhausting. It is. What is a gyre? Gyre. G-Y-R-E. It just is a eddy or a whirlpool okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um And the Pacific Garbage Gyre is what I'm referring to, and that's, Uh everybody I think knows about that now. The big old, you know, swirling pile of crap in the ocean. Yes. Of plastic crap. And the space, that song is about, I don't know, I was falling asleep one night and I was thinking about, I, I just was, I don't know, I hadn't watched any kind of, you know, program that, was in space even I don't know why it was in my head but I was thinking of the space junk Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then I was imagining the space junk looking down at the the ocean (laughs) junk yeah the Pacific garbage gyre and just developing this fascination and fixation and that was all I had to begin with I was just picturing oh wouldn't that be interesting the junk in the skies like got a crush on the junk in the ocean (laughs) And then, as happens when I develop a song, you know, it'll just start going in my head. And I sat down, and when I started writing the lyrics, the space junk became kind of stalkerish about <laughs> the Pacific garbage gyre, and just really disturbing. And I wanted that to come across in oh, the song. Oh, it's a disturbing song, all right. I mean, I wanted—I wanted, to, I wanted yeah. to put across that feeling of, you know, this. Starting out kind of sweet, you know, not not sweet, but you know, oh little guy the professing yeah, the space junk professing its love to the garbage in the ocean, and then as it goes on, getting more and more pushy, as we know stalkers do uh-huh. and just getting getting super super intense and and more and more demanding and screaming and things like that, so that's how that that's that's why I'm screaming in that song
0: yeah, and I, 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 I wasn't going to use the word screaming.
1: Well, we used a mic, you know, (laughs) or you need to talk to Jeff Saltzman about this. We used it, he, he, it's pretty distorted when I get loud on that song.
2: Uh
1: And um, I'm pretty up close the whole time. But when I sing quieter, it's nice because the distortion goes away and. Well yeah. my recording engineer friends are probably laughing right now at me. <laughs> <My> <laughs> explanation. But the effect worked out perfectly for me because I wanted that sort of normal sound when I sang quietly. And then when I raise my voice, I sound unhinged and I yes. think that, that yes. distortion definitely helps with that. It was
0: disturbing.
1: It was in a good way though? Yeah. <laughs> and no. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's yeah. exactly the reaction I'd want, yeah. actually. Yeah. Perfect.
0: I thought so. You're so mean.
1: <laughs> well, what disturbed... Why would you do that
0: to me? I like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what disturbed you about it?
0: Everything. Because well, it's so sweet, and then it's so mean. <laughs> you know, it's like betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and that thing, nothing in heaven tells me I can't get what I want. What?
1: Mm. we all know people like that <laughs>
0: yes Yes, it's true
1: <laughs> and I think you know not that this was not to drag the political in it into it after the fact but you know with what's been happening the last three weeks I think it expresses the dynamic between men and women in a very space junkie ocean gyre way as well. <laughs>
0: oh jeez. Well, um and then what is that what is that sound at the end? That's the that's the which which gyre is that?
1: Is well, you that... mean the giant noise? Yeah. That's a lot of things. Oh. That's bass Guitar. Lee's doing some feedback. Oh, you mean the the thing going out? The yeah, ring, going ring, ring, out. Ring. Right. Yeah, that's just Lee Marble uh-huh. playing guitar, and it's just he's just
0: is that messing the,
1: with the feedback. Well, is that what's
0: supposed to be one of the gyres?
1: I had a vision in my head there of
0: or both uh, of, them? of the
1: junk that to me was like the sound of the. I shouldn't say this because I want people to like to think whatever <laughs> they want about it, and yeah. not put the yeah. idea in their head. But in my head, I was using that to kind of symbolized the space junk falling into the ocean gyre. Oh. And then the next song, yes. I was sort of imagining it proposing to the garbage. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> but then that changed because I got so psychotic as the space junk in that previous song that yeah, I did, then I didn't really want the space junk or the garbage tire to marry the space junk. Has
0: anybody ever used Bag of Bones at their real wedding?
1: Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. Why? Maybe they will now, though.
0: I would like them to.
1: I don't know. Do you think it's a nice wedding song?
0: If somebody has a good sense of humor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's what we are. That's what... I don't know. That was another thing where that phrase just went through my head and... I did mean it as a sincere, I do mean it as a sincere love song. Well, it sounds like one.
0: Yeah. It's just that the, the, the term Bag of Bones is, sets it apart it's from we usual are. wedding
1: songs. That's true.
0: It's I not... mean, I don't think Lionel Richie would do it. You know what I'm saying?
1: He might.
0: He might, but I don't think so.
1: <laughs> Lionel Richie, do my song.
2: Please.
1: <laughs> This is my plea to you, Lionel Richie. (laughs) Contact me through Facebook. (laughs) Private message me. Be my friend. (laughs) Be my friend. Be my my Facebook friend, Lionel Richie.
0: (laughs) You know, I saw the Commodores when they were like five guys... From college, wearing all wearing the same outfits. Wow. Yeah, doing "Slippery When It's Wet." Ooh. And uh, all the other hits that they had. Brick House. Brick House. That's
1: yeah. an amazing song.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's an amazing song. I love that song.
0: I like "Slippery When It's Wet" better myself. I
1: don't think I know it. <laughs>
0: oh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a good beat. You can dance
1: to it. Well, it was from the it. same period. Yeah, that was before it was Lionel Richie. Yeah, it was just and the, the Commodores. Commodores. Right.
0: And there was the other one. They had they had, a, uh, they had a hit with an instrumental. Really? Yeah, Lionel Richie played like
1: clavinet. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess I forgot. Oh, yeah, he plays piano. Sure. I'm remembering a misty video.
0: And he'll play piano when he records a wedding song, too. Oh, it'll just be It'll just be him and the piano.
1: That's my dream. And
0: he'll play all your licks.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of licks in that song, don't I? I'm known for my licks. Oh, oh boy. <laughs>
0: so is this is this a song cycle, or are these separate songs that you wrote over a period of time, or what, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, they were written, yeah, they weren't all written together. Um. Mar- the Marry Me After Wedding song those mm-hmm. were kind of well no you know what that wasn't written together that, Marry Me was part of a song that I actually wrote for a friend's wedding that didn't happen
0: oh I'm sorry
1: it was just a bit from it uh-huh. um, but as far as the rest you know me I mean I do think of albums and they are like a song cycle to me they are like one mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm. though that's really yeah. outdated now I know but that's how I see it. I like, ideally, if people could listen to the album as a whole, and it's not long, it's like, like 43 minutes or right. something. But if you can listen to it as a whole, so you can kind of get the whole picture, that makes me happy, though I always think the songs should hold up by themselves. So if people are listening song, 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 you know, I want it to... that. That's something I care about yeah. <laughs> when I'm making an album. Well, I mean, it, it,
0: flows, it flows that way. I mean, you can, you can, if you don't look at the track, not that the track number's changing. It sounds like one, you know, all, all of one piece.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. I think it should be like that. I think it should convey a feeling
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you're making music in that way. I think, you, I think, you know, I certainly want. A feeling to get across and yeah you were saying how do you co- how are you coping with the stresses and things and it's true that you can say things in music and in songwriting that you are not able to or allowed to I mean I'd certainly try I've tried to had conversations difficult conversations with people over difficult subjects but it's very it's very You know, it's a challenge to try to get people to listen in a conversation to some things. So if you can slip it into a song (laughs) or if you can slip it into a story, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: people tend to, they're more permeable in that moment. Whereas I think when you're in conversation, you set yourself, sometimes you set yourself against something that you don't want to hear you sort of steal yourself to it and you're mm-hmm. not permeable anymore mm. but you can kind of sneak it in with music lull them with a gentle <laughs> tune and then ha ha but i don't know i don't write music with a message in mind because um, i found in the past that's disaster it's never you'd always end up with a horrible
0: wait a minute
1: No, I don't. I I go very dumb when I write music. What about the Portland song? Well, yeah. That
0: has a a point of view.
1: It has a point of view, and most of it has a point of view, but I don't start out the song thinking, I'm going to write a song about sexism, or I'm going (laughs) to write a song about racial injustice. Uh I think when you do that, you're a little bit doomed to writing something that's shite. You know, if you set out that way, this is stuff that I think I think for me, it's very important. I don't really have any kind of organize, organized process when I write. Mm-hmm. I write when I feel something. So whatever winds up on a, an album, it tends to be what has been on my mind and in me, you know. And it just kind of comes out. <laughs> When it I'm, Doesn't
0: come out like that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear any any of that sounds on this
1: on this album. Well, that's kind of the. But that is how it happens for me. You know, I'm not. You, sing, you mean it has the spontaneity of vomit? It has the spontaneity of vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process of emesis, <laughs> but it yeah I don't sit down I don't have appointment uh, you know I don't sit down and have appointment writing I don't I'm going to write a song today yeah so I'll think something like I was laying in bed and thinking of the garbage song and and then I'll sort of head over to the piano the next day and then I'm not saying it's thoughtless there's a lot of thought involved there's a lot of you know decision making involved and things like that but I do kind of just go a little bit dumb when mm-hmm. I'm writing so that I'm not forcing forcing it. I'm not forcing whatever's coming out and if something kind of odd comes out that's expressing something else I um, mean I've told you before there's a lot of times I've written songs I really haven't wanted to write like I was had all these Jesus songs or songs that weren't based yeah. and I I was like ah, I really don't want to write and by the way I do have another one that I just started writing last night <laughs> it's particularly for my hypocritical evangelical GOP friends, uh-huh, and it's called "Jesus would hate you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah yeah
1: yeah, I don't particularly want to write that one either, but I just couldn't right. help thinking it, right. you know.
0: Jesus isn't supposed to hate though, you don't realize that, right?
1: No, <laughs> but he would hate them.
0: Well, he
1: drove the money changers out of the temple, didn't he?: Yes, there you go. Yes, and he wasn't fond of the Pharisees. No. no. I wouldn't say he was fond of them. But anyway, so yeah, I I try well, you to know. I, I definitely have opinions and on the Portland song, yeah, that's wow. You, you know, that reflects my opinion on what's happened to Portland, but mm-hmm. I tried to approach it from a little bit of an oblique angle. Mhm. And just yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't expect that song. You know, I sat down and was playing the melody first, I think. Uh-huh. And then I was just thinking the, I heard you really like it, you... thing. And yeah. then I wanted a little counterpoint with that, that I was playing in my right hand. And well, not a counterpoint, but an off sort of harmony.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, yeah, I mean, I don't... I didn't think oh, think really very hard when I wrote that. Oh, the one thing that did inspire me... With that song, though, has been... Oh, a friend of mine, maybe I shouldn't name him, maybe he doesn't want me to name him. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> but he had actually had a conversation with someone where they had, you know, waxed poetic about Portland and moving here, and, oh, my life is going to change, and unicorns and rainbows, and... Oh. And he said, you and everyone else... <laughs>
0: You know, though my life did change when I moved here. Well, it was you lived it was twenty it was, was twenty one years ago.
1: I can understand that then. Yeah, I don't right. understand people moving here now, but I can understand that then because you you know I it was cheap. Yes, people were friendly. Traffic yeah. was you had tons of elbow room. Yes, yes. Um, I get and it. It was funky up until about two thousand, I guess. Yes, and I have a lot of friends that moved here in the nineties. Yeah. Um, I could see you coming and going. Oh, wow! Yeah, this is where I want to be. Yeah,
0: I even wrote an op-ed piece about how how much better it was than Baltimore, and I, and I sold it to the the Baltimore newspaper for their op-ed, and I sold it to the Oregonians op-ed too.
1: I think I read that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: think I've seen that piece.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think I reprinted that because none of my none of my Oregonian pieces exist online. Thank well, you, Oregonian.
1: They didn't. They didn't archive. No. Yeah. No,
0: they they didn't hear about the internet till about oh two thousand six or so.
1: <laughs> now it's all. <laughs> Somebody that it told is. them,
0: you know. That's uh, all it is now. It is, yeah.
1: So sad.
0: So uh, speaking of Jesus, this song here called "God" mm. uh, has uh, one of your most memorable lines. They're all memorable lines. This thank is a you. great song. Oh, thank you. Um, what's your what's your favorite line in that in that song?
1: I don't know if the one you're thinking of is is my favorite I don't know if I have a favorite line in that song yeah yeah huh I didn't really think about it
0: mine is that uh, I may have made you up God I miss you
1: (laughs) (laughs) although I may have made up you
0: yeah made up you right yes
1: God I miss you Yeah. yeah yeah it was a heartfelt feeling uh huh I was a Born again Christian in high school,
2: uh-huh.
1: and I kind of went through this, you know, metamorphosis. Or as I got older, you know, you just learn more about where where religion comes from, and mm-hmm. where the the holy books come from, and all of the, you know, muck and hidden agenda and things uh-huh. behind things, yeah. but. You know, it is very comforting to have a God or someone yeah. that you see as in charge of everything and that there's some order and control in the world. And some people I like to refer to karma, and I always am shaking my head at no. that too because yeah. I'm like, yeah, tell it to.
0: Right. <laughs> well, that's how that's how his followers think about Trump. That They see him as a God.
1: Oh, well... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they see him as a god. I think they oh, I think they do. They see him as making them winners. And and that's to me this the whole thing is the culture war and the ideological thing.
0: It's more like a cult to me.
1: Well, it is a cult, but it's about winning. And I think that all of these people who were up in arms about every small, you know, infraction moral infraction of democrats who now can forgive everything of yeah, trump yeah i do think it's more about winning it's more about the fact that well now we're ahead, now we're now we're the ones in charge and now now you i'm thinking of pride and prejudice as i say this but this yeah. it's such an obscure reference i won't bring yeah, it up but yeah. there's a part where well never mind i will bring it up there's a part where <laughs> the younger daughter says to an older daughter She's just gotten married before the older daughter, and she says, "Now you go behind me, Jane." And (laughs) it's kind of Lydia saying, "Now you go behind me, Jane." Yeah, that's what I think of sometimes when I think of how the GOP and Trump supporters are feeling right now. You know, they felt really, 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 really disenfranchised for eight years. Right. Though it's interesting when they complain now, you know, and harken back to. Evil Democrats, it's always Clintons. It's always Hillary and Bill. So through their lack of complaining about Obama, it's kind of interesting to me. Well, they've dismissed
0: Obama because he's black. They've just dismissed him completely. But they
1: don't go after him like they do the Clintons now, which is an interesting thing. They still hate him, though. They do hate him, but they're kind of tacitly admitting he wasn't that bad, right? He wasn't that bad for you. I don't think so. I do think so. <laughs>
0: but I don't know uh I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was in high school, my plan was to become a minister, a Methodist minister.
1: Wow, that's that is surprising. I know. <laughs> that's really surprising. But that's
0: where I got my left-wing politics.
2: Methodism from the church. From
0: the church. Yes, indeed. Wow. And uh you know, people like the Barrigans, they were Catholics, but they, you know, uh the, the Berrigans, uh who were okay, they were um Uh, two priests brothers uh, who were um, uh, they destroyed draft records the part of the famous Catonsville 9 who went uh, to the um, draft uh, draft board and burned the records and went to jail and one of them ended up you know they both left the the priesthood and one of them ended up marrying an ex-nun which I thought was romantic
1: I should know that story (laughs) yeah well, wait though. They were priests, or they mm-hmm. were ministers no, in the they, Methodist Church. No, they were Church? they were
0: priests. But you know, I mean, you know, the Methodist Church was fairly liberal at that time. Uh, always was. And no, uh, wait.
1: They left the Methodist Church. No,
0: they left the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church. Church. Yeah. Okay,
1: good. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: But anyway, but that was. I mean good. I I, mean was, I... <laughs> I was fans of theirs.
1: I was confused about yeah, the
0: I was fans of theirs because you know, I, you know, I, I I listened to all the Bob Dylan political songs, and you know, when I was in in high school, and there you go.
1: I think that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know, have expected that.
0: Eventually, uh, I realized that uh, I was in the wrong business.
1: <laughs> so, how far did you get?
0: Oh, I didn't get. I, I didn't get anywhere. Huh? You know, I mean, I did have. I had, had plans mapped out about where I wanted to go to seminary.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So you were serious?
0: I was serious. Yeah. Yes, hmm. indeed. But then you know you find out. Well, I guess it's not true.
1: Well, and that is seeing man's giant handprint in the middle of everything is yeah. definitely a spoiler. Yeah, it yeah. spoils things. But yeah, that's. But you song, still like the Saints, don't you? I never Did really. you get over that? Well, no, I, I, I'm interested in them because the stories are so weird. Yeah. Um, it's great storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about the Saints is fantastic. Fabulous! It's bizarre, but yeah. I didn't grow up in the Catholic Church.
0: Remember that one song I always, I always used to play on the radio of yours?
1: Yes. yes. Giovanni Bernardoni. Yeah, yeah. That was, you liked it because he's Italian. Well, I mean. St. Francis. It helped, but it's that a great was song. so sweet of you. Great song. Great song. Yeah. You've been yeah. a good support. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have that kind of a, that, that, to me, was an interesting exercise or just something fun to look at was the lives of the saints and apply them kind of to,
2: mm-hmm. to
1: mm-hmm. modern problems. So, um, the uh, oh,
0: oh, the other thing that uh, um, uh, will make people run to um, uh, Google is um, MC1R. It made me run to Google because I had no idea what you were talking about.
1: Well, and I probably don't really have an idea of what I'm talking about enough to talk about it. (laughs) If there's any geneticists or scientists listening right now, but MC1R is the gene responsible for redheads, basically, (laughs) or a mutation of that gene, maybe. Uh Uh And, you know, it came about in these sort of clammy areas like (laughs) Scotland and Ireland, because you couldn't, it was difficult to get sunlight. You know, you you, you weren't yeah. you weren't, and your body needs the sunlight. And so, my understanding, or how I chose to understand it for the <laughs> purposes of my song, was that redheads are a little bit like, you know, solar panels open to the sun <laughs> in a way that normal people aren't. And yeah. I, you know, you, I'm always complaining about. We're Facebook friends. We're all. I'm always complaining about the sun. Always. And I love the rain. And almost I daily. Love, I love the clouds, <laughs> yes, almost daily. Uh, Oregon was perfect for me before it yeah. went to bloody hell and became hot for <laughs> half the year.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm like a banana slug. So I, yeah, and I came into this room, we were having the interview, and the lights were on, and I turned the lights off. I mean, that's yes. how I am about brightness in the sun. And so the song I, I read an article pointing out that apparently redheads aren't needed anymore <laughs> with global with climate change yeah. and global warming it's so much sunnier in places that were formerly clammy that redhead that gene is it's that mutation or whatever is dying out and so i'm doomed Redheads are doomed. Well, I'm not doomed, but you're not doomed. Yeah, they're yeah. not making redheads anymore. Wow, just not, putting it out not there. like they used to, <laughs> <laughs> and not making redheads like they used to. That's right. <laughs> but so I wrote that song, just kind of about the death of the death of redheads. I'm sorry. Well, everybody should be because it's, it's important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to redheads, it's important.
1: It's important to everyone. <laughs> it is. What would you do without us? Uh, what would you do?
0: Hand you a bottle of Clairol.
1: <laughs> Clairol. Oh my God! Is that even still around?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really up on on uh, on, on hair dyes. Hmm. Really? Wow. Except for men. Really? Yeah.
1: Do you use one? On my beard. Well, I didn't ask about where. Yeah. Really?
0: Oh, since 2000 for 18 years. Really? Yeah. That's pretty
1: good. Well, it works. It looks natural. And
0: I hate guys with white beards. I can't stand guys with white beards. I I'm not going to be a gray beard. I will, you know. I mean, I mean, eventually, when I'm, you know, when I'm in the bed and getting ready to die, it's not. It's I'm. I'm not, not going to be able to dye my beard.
1: You could ask someone. I to. could ask them, yes, but. I'll do it for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My last gift. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I had I had this girlfriend, and I said, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not, because I had just gotten a gig at, at, at OPB. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going on television with, like, half of it white and half of it not white. It looks ridiculous, right? So I got this stuff, you know, and, and I, she, you know, because she, she dyed her hair for it's years. It's not that
1: stuff that comes in a spray can, is it? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's just for men. Ooh. Just for men. Wow. Yeah. That's very and of course the, specific.
0: Yes, and very attractive name. It's yeah. just for men. Yeah. That's it. Just men.
1: What if a woman Only uses it? Only men
0: can use this. What if
1: a woman used it?
0: Oh, man. That's, they'd, grow, they'd grow a penis. <laughs> 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 so all you girls out there.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. Does that mean you grow an extra penis? No, I already oh, had one. Okay. Well, I just wondered if a spare happens. No, I don't
0: need a spare. Men use it. It's listen. It's gotten me in enough trouble over the years. All right. <laughs> okay. um, but I, I, and 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 I and so they did it right, and it was okay. It didn't quite register yet, except about about twenty minutes later. I walked by a mirror and I went, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't
1: recognize your. Well, I, well, I
0: recognized it, but it, well, you know, it was like it was shocking. You know.
1: No wait, when you when you dyed it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, what did you dye it like shoe polish black or something? No, it was the right color. It was just all the white was gone. Yeah. It looks very natural, I have to say. Well, it's it's a good product. It's a great product. <laughs> just for men. Just for and
0: just for Not just for men. Just for men.
1: You should have a sponsor now. Men only. Yeah. They owe you. <laughs> they do. <laughs> You're gonna sell like hotcakes
2: now. Yeah,
0: really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! And so, therefore, you identify with a 17-year cicada, which I always called locusts.
1: No, they're different species. I know, but they, but you,
0: but but not, when I was a kid, everybody called them locusts. 17-year locusts. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Well, we don't have them over here, so. Oh, I know. It was a new experience. It was
0: a horrible for me when I was a little kid.
1: Because of the sound.
0: Because the sound, and they came out of the uh, uh, of the telephone poles, the wooden telephone. They had burrowed in those telephone poles oh. and had been in there for years and years and years, seventeen years, and then all of a sudden they
1: came out. I didn't know they went into telephone poles. Well, that's how I remember it. <laughs> they're a little, they're a little spooky looking. Yeah. Those red eyes. But you like them. Well, I like them. I don't know any cicadas personally, <laughs> but. I was fascinated when I saw them. I was in uh, Bloomington, uh-huh. Indiana, for a Capella Romana uh, festival, like uh-huh. an early music festival we yeah. were singing at. And the 17 year cicadas were coming out right when we were there. And it was, the air was throbbing with them. I and mean, just the sound they made, there were so many coming out. It was just this throb going on. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. you could see them struggling out and then they'd immediately get eaten by something. (laughs) And you're like, Seventeen years, oh my God. Yeah. Seventeen years in safety. And then you're like, Huzzah I'm free. And you come out and something eats you immediately. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty bleak. But yeah, I thought they were fascinating. And I wasn't really thinking much when I was writing that song. Um that was that was one of the songs where I was definitely sort of half asleep as i was writing it in a mm-hmm. way and
0: well was it the 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 fact that they were 17 years underground with no sun and nothing but dampness was it
1: that's appealing to me yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah. that's what you're asking yeah it is that's an appealing scenario yeah, i know
0: it's the first thing i th- thought of when i heard the song
1: someone was talking to me a facebook friend recently because i had put up this post of a a building available in Minnesota, and there are all these people getting on, and you know I was like, why the hell am I here? Because it was something. The building was ridiculously cheap. The the it was a school that had been beautifully restored, and then for some reason was being sold. But they were everybody was telling me awful things about Minnesota, and one of the things that they thought would really convince me or a person not to move there was. <laughs> The winters and the cold (laughs) and being, you know, stuck inside a house for a couple of months or a few months. And I was like, that sounds like heaven to me. (laughs) I love the cold. I love winter. And I'm like, I'm like a self homebound person (laughs) by choice. And uh, yeah, I like, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, the idea of living underground <laughs> sounded pretty great to me.
0: <laughs> okay, we we should get we should just talk about the the people who are playing on this album with oh, you. Yeah, please. So go ahead.
1: Well, um, Jeff Stewart Saltzman, who I've this is my eighth album yeah. that I've recorded with Jeff. He's a wonderful friend and a super talented engineer and co-producer and um, He's a great musician too, which a lot of people don't know. He actually had a recording contract um, with Alibi when he lived down in the San Francisco area like in the 90s or so. He hates me to talk about that, but is he, really, he put out a really good album under a mm-hmm. um, it's called under the band's name which was called Cerebral Core, which is basically him. Core spelled C O R P S. But anyway, he's, because of his talents musically, I rope him most into doing a lot of things on the album. In addition to the recording, he's usually kicking and screaming because he thinks he can't sing and he can't play and everything. But he's actually quite talented at a lot of those things. So like on the second song on there, you you hear this sort of mumbling in the background. Uh-huh. I always like to get Jeff mumbling because he's got a great quality to his voice and he's hilarious. And so, if you could isolate that, you'd hear some funny things. But that's Jeff.
0: You know, musicians, um, when they're, especially guitar players or people who are not using, you know, reeds, many times make the worst sounds.
1: Oh,
2: grunts and
0: Yeah. Grunting and groaning. And,
1: like Glenn Gould sounds?
0: Or, or Keith Jarrett. You know? Keith
1: Jarrett sounds.
0: Yeah. Dan Fanley does that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just disgusting.
1: Well, sometimes it's great. <laughs> I kind of like hearing, as long as it's not over.
0: I didn't say I didn't like it.
1: <laughs> it's disgusting. I love it.
0: <laughs> so go ahead.
1: Um, ben Landsberg has been like mm-hmm. my right hand band man and good friend for a long time, and he plays. Also, I think most of the people that I work with play a lot of things, and they can also sing, and that comes in handy. Ben's main instruments, viola and guitar and voice. Mm-hmm. So that third song, the wedding song, you're, Bag of Bones you're talking about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that long-held um, backup vocal part that mm-hmm. you hear that that is uninterrupted. There's no breath throughout all of that. Yeah, That is Ben and me singing multi-tracking both of us on a day that we were having like serious asthma problems. Wow. So that, it's a pretty high part, as you notice. And Ben can sing way high and low, but that's the two of us just just doing that part and multi-tracking it. And mm-hmm. if you listen at the end, you can kind of hear the breaths happening, and they're getting bigger and bigger toward the end. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just, you can hear these moments where we sing, oh, and then, you can hear like this, yeah. this rasping kind of inhalation. It was hard, but it turned out at exactly how I wanted it to be. And
0: you know, the first time I listened to it was with headphones.
1: Oh, we're mean, real, That's not, good. not
0: buds, but real headphones. And um, I thought it was really interesting that you left the action of the keys in.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I like that. Don't you?
0: Oh, I love that. I don't. Yeah, it's percussion. It's percussion, really.
1: Yeah, you know? and I like to hear when someone's done playing. I guess <laughs> I don't want to hear the tasteful fade. Yeah, I yeah. like to hear when they're done playing. Sometimes you use a fade. I mean, it, it works sometimes, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like I like to hear that stuff myself. There, mm-hmm. You can hear at the end of Seventeen Year Cicada, you can hear a car going by, <laughs> and that's true on a lot of the albums because I am recording in, you know, a basement studio in a neighborhood that's mm-hmm. a little bit busy. And it's really isolated in there. But when I'm recording upstairs outside of the, you know, the real, really isolated rooms, which are in the basement, which happens sometimes because we just want the different sound of the wood and everything in the kitchen and the living room upstairs. Then Mm -hmm. if something goes by, it's on it. It's never bothered me. That's like there's lots of cat sounds on my recordings with Jeff, too, because he had. He doesn't have a cat right now, but he has—he had two cats. That I recorded most of my albums with, and they—they're always with me when I was singing and playing. They'd like wow. want to be on me, or they would jump up on the piano, and you can hear them jumping down, and you can hear them meowing. <laughs> and I like those kind of—that's of ho- homey That's great. sounds.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, who else?
1: Um, Jeff Langston, who is my bass player and is from Eugene, played with Anthony and the Johnsons over based uh-huh. in New York City uh-huh. for many, many years. Moved back um, in recent years and is in Portland now. And he's, he's just one of the best bass players and nicest people you can meet. Nevertheless, with this great edge to him. I mean, he says what he thinks. He's so unexpected. He's one of those people I rely on to get a straight opinion from. I mean, all these people I've mentioned so far, Ben and Jeff yeah. and Jeff um are people who I know are going to tell me if something's crap or not and when I get a compliment from them it means a lot because they don't just throw it around they're they're um they're trustworthy as critics and then Katie as you know has sung backup for me my sister Katie Taylor mm-hmm. who sang with opera well who who directed and artistically managed Opera Theater Oregon for many years and has a background of singing opera. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie sings Back Up With Me, Lisa Stringfield Prescott, who sang with Ages and Ages,
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and with Carmina Luna and Carmina Piranha. Do you remember those bands? Oh, sure. She has sung Back Up On Several Albums and is and also joins on this one. Lee Marble, who is a great songwriter have you talked to lee yet not in here yeah he's great you would probably enjoy talking to him because he's an interesting guy and very smart um i love the way he plays because he's he doesn't overthink it he does not
2: mm-hmm.
1: he he's kind of a he gets kind of a cool or he can get kind of a cool raw sound that i like um, he doesn't do that, and he can. It's not that he can't do that. He yeah. can. He's got the skills to do it, but I appreciate his choices, and so it's really nice to have him involved. And I really don't have a, a drummer in the band right now. Joe Mingus played a, the last, or the second, third-to-last song on that mm-hmm. album, um, Air Apparent, and then Mark Powers, who I worked with for the first time, played the other big songs that are on there, and he plays with a lot of people in town. Both those drummers are, like, super in demand because they're not only great drummers, but they're, they're very good people, too, and they, they know their shit. They do their homework. They're great. Um, and the Newmans. You know the Newmans. Gail and Phil from Diorganographia and Trail Band play with Marvin Rindy Ross. Hmm. But they're the ones that make all those cool old Renaissance instruments and Uh Baroque instruments. Uh And they played on my albums in the past, so they play on this one too. So speaking of
0: Eric Parent, is that that the song of Donald Trump Jr.?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I I wasn't thinking of...
0: It could be. I mean, it says, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. What can you give me? What will you leave me? You promise me more. That sounds like something Donald Jr. would say.
1: Well, it's a universal... Yeah, it could be something that he would say. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's it's something that uh, a lot of people could say. I was thinking of it because of a lot of fortunes kind of being run through right now. Yeah. By taking care of adult children and sparing them rent and paying for their lives and things like that. Yeah. And then I could imagine those adult children getting to the point of their parents dying and being really pissed off there's no money left, <laughs> but not really making the connection. That was one of the things that inspired that song. And so
0: this is something that they would think but not say.
1: I don't know. I think people now might say it. I would have thought in the past. Wow. Yeah. I think I could hear, I could imagine on a blog or
0: whatever. I I mean, say to their dying parents.
1: Uh, Well, I don't think someone would directly go up to their dying parent and say, I don't care about you.
0: Yeah. But you did.
1: (laughs) I didn't to my dying parent. No. No, I didn't.
0: You said it, but you said it for them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> How dare I do. You? I do think people now I probably more people now do think they have, you know, the way I've always looked at inheritance and people that I know have looked at inheritance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not in a situation where I'd inherit squat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a moot point for me. But I've always thought of it as you think of that as. If, if that happens that's a windfall and it's a gift that's always how it traditionally amongst people I know has yes. been looked at yes I hear people talk about it now as an expectation like they're actually making life plans based yeah. on the expectation of their parent or whomever dying and leaving them all their money and I think if you're coming from that perspective you, yeah, un- you, you, yeah. you
0: ungrateful little piece of shit 20 years, 20 years, I put out all my money for you. I wiped your dirty ass when I was changing your diaper. How dare you?
1: No. But I do think if you're coming from that, you know, and I think a lot without, with cause, you know, a lot of people coming up now and younger people are feeling pretty resentful in general about, the world that they found themselves born into and living in now. And so they're already feeling like, you've screwed us, and you know, stop screwing us. And so I can see the feeling of resentment just being exacerbated by what? And you didn't leave me anything. You know, the one thing I was looking forward to was <laughs> your death. <laughs> Your money. That, un, that isn't what I said. Un,
0: grateful little <laughs> bastards. Fuck you.
1: But you know, Just for
0: that, I'm going to live longer, so you have to put out more money.
1: But I do think that people depend on... I, I do think that inheritance is looked at in a different way than it was in the past. Maybe not among the super rich. I mean, it probably always looked at it that way right. as their expectation. You well, know?
0: If the super rich, they put money away for their kids in tax dodges. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's a it's something that those kids, you know, look look at as their birthright and something that they depend on. And I think that's especially with the way the economy is and the way the resentment, generational resentments that have built up between younger and older now. I can see yeah, I can definitely see people saying what the hell happened to my inheritance? And being angry about it.
0: You promised me more. I didn't promise you a goddamn thing.
1: <laughs> well, Get on your own fucking money. I clearly should have just <laughs> had you in the background of that song, shouting, <laughs> "Get off of my lawn!" Yeah, really. <laughs> that would have added to it. Right? Matter of fact,
0: go mow the fucking lawn. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. So um, where are you having this, this re- release gig?
1: Well, I don't like to get out much. I know. It's a miracle I'm here right now. Yeah, I know that. Which is... I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. No. No, I. <laughs> but I... Um, yeah, I, I... I haven't been playing out a whole lot. And I kind of had to be talked into doing this album release by my band. Jeez have a great band they're very nice folks but I uh yeah I the thought of doing the loading in to a busy area with no parking I mean just all the stuff that goes along with playing in a club you have the advantage of them doing a lot for you. You know they're going to provide the sound, they're going to yeah. they're going to take care of the door and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it comes at a pretty hefty cost. Mm-hmm. They get a big cut for that. But in the past, I've I've had the good fortune to play at Mississippi Studios for a lot of these album releases, yep. and they're really great. The staff there is amazing. The management there is amazing. So that's a lovely place to go play. The sound is always going to be incredible. But this time around, it was like. I just, I want a little more, anything that can reduce the stress level mm-hmm. is great. And so Ben and Jeff Salzman both suggested, Ben works as the music director at St. David of Wales Church, which mm-hmm. is out in southeast, kind of the Clinton Division neighborhood, hawthorne Yeah. And um, they've done shows there. Holcomb Waller has done a show there. Um, uh, I can't remember the, the, the offshoot band from Ex- Explode Into Colors or... I don't even know if I got that name right. They did a show there. It's kind of underground and not very well known, but it's a beautiful venue and the point for me of doing it there besides it being just a nice place and a comfortable place to play was that because of Ben's working there, I have all kinds of freedom to, mm-hmm. you know, we could take we don't have to clear out super fast. We could rehearse in the space where we're going to perform. Mm-hmm and um, it just kind of gave some elbow room and some mental space to be able to do it there so I'm really grateful so you're going
0: to sing the song God in a church
1: Mm -hmm. and there's a beautiful piano there (laughs) yes Wow. and also the profane songs (laughs) the more profane songs with apologies God (laughs) sorry God but it's a beautiful place. It's really great. What's more
0: profane than saying that you made God up?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: about it. That's, that's that's the limit. Everything else is just like recreation.
1: Mm. <laughs> no, I feel bad. No.
2: No. That's
0: a great song. Thank you. Matter of fact, I may end this. We may go out on that. Is that all right with you?
2: Oh yeah! Is there
0: something else we'd rather go, you'd rather have us go out on?
1: No, that's lovely. Okay, good. No, <laughs> thanks. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming in.
1: You're welcome.
0: Now we're gonna go eat eggs.
1: Now we're gonna go eat eggs. Oh boy! Yay! Cooked <laughs> eggs.
2: <laughs> God, I miss you, God. don't have any friends anymore and I got no one